freaks and geeks out there in podcast land. It's Wednesday, January the 25th. I said January like I was French. January the 25th, and you know what that means. Welcome, freaks and geeks, to another smoke-filled and jam-packed episode of the Doctor's Orders podcast with the 512 Foot Doctor. The podcast where I meet with some of the most creative and influential people that I know to share stories from the ride of life. As always, I am your host, the 512 Foot Doctor, coming at you live and direct from the one and only studio of Life or Death. If you're a returning freak or geek, thank you very much for checking back into our regularly scheduled appointment. And if you're new here, turning in for the very first time, well, welcome. Welcome to the Freaks and Geeks family, and I gotta let you know one thing, you better buckle up for this ride, because it's gonna be a hell of a show. Freaks and Geeks, this week's episode, episode number 27 of the podcast, features an incredibly talented female artist that is uh, uh, I've been following for some time on Instagram, and I really get down with their work. I really appreciate what she's what she throws out, what she creates. She does an amazing job at all of her creations, just putting a little her own little twist onto her art style uh, and the things that she appreciates. So we're we're gonna talk about a good amount of stuff in this podcast episode a good amount of uh, creative expression and just where uh, where she comes from, um, how she got started in her just total artistic uh, uh, endeavors, and uh, um, just what she's getting into, what she has planned for the future. And uh, I'm gonna drop the podcast episode, the podcast in just a couple of seconds. I want to give you a, just a brief little warning. I would say between minute ten and minute sixteen, you're gonna hear a little dog toy action in the background. My apologies on that one. Try to keep it raw here on the podcast. So push forward through that. Continue to listen to it because it doesn't take a long time, and you might miss, you will miss some dope stuff if you skip through that part. So don't do that. Just be uh, be aware. You can get a little dog toy action in between those those timestamps. Other than that, the episode is clean gravy, and we talk about just expression and artistic creation uh, at its finest. So here it is, episode number twenty seven with Tiffy Inks. All right, so uh, we got we got a new new guest in here for the podcast today, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, we got our sixth sixth uh, female lady guest, so that's a, a solid milestone. I always try to get um, some interesting uh, women in here to just chat it up on what they do and what they make and what they appreciate, um, just to keep it diverse and just to keep it open as well. But I would like to uh, introduce to you um, an artist, uh, an amazing artist, joining us today via Zoom out in uh, out in North Carolina. Freaks and Geeks, put your hands together for Tiffy Inks. What's going on? How you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. I would just thank you so much for chiming in, for, for being open to uh, be on the podcast, um, and taking your time, um, to just chat it up today. Um, so before we get into like our first talking point, um, you are the sixth female guest and I'm just greatly appreciative that you can chime in to that. I, um, I, I sometimes feel like the podcast, like just realm is flooded with male, like, uh, appearances and our guests. And I, I'm always fascinated. And when it changes up and like your, your podcast host or podcast, uh, uh program throws uh, a woman in there and, and they can speak. So thank you for that. Um, but let's get into, um, our introductions. So, um, okay. 
uh, I call this like little section, the life catch-up. It's, um, I don't know. I'm a big Heinz 57 fan. So it's kind of where it pulls it. Hopefully we get a little Heinz 57 sponsor one day, but I want to yeah. open up with this little segment. Um, uh, what I would like for you to do is tell the freaks and geeks, introduce yourself to the freaks and geeks. What's your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? Okay. Um, so people say Tiffany Inks. Uh, most people really know me as Tiffany, Tiffany Wilson specifically. I am originally from Bowie, Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland, as some other people may refer to. No, I'm nowhere near Baltimore whatsoever. I get that question asked a lot. I am an artist. Uh, it is a side job uh, hustle, I guess, if you want to call it that. Could it turn into something as a full-time passion? Possibly. I would love for it to go that way. Um, but for now, uh, it is just a side job. I do have a regular full-time job Monday through Friday as a front desk coordinator. All right. Cool. 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 Well, excellent. How's, um, how's life been like, how's, yeah. How's your life been going on lately? Uh, lately I want to say this is probably the most busiest month I've ever had, uh, this year. This is kind of a little bit of a slow year for me in a sense, I think, cause I kind of want to take a little bit more into doing more networking, uh, versus me taking on a lot of commissions. Last year, I was probably busting out three or four commissions a month. Uh, so this year, um, I've narrowed it down to where I probably do like one or two a month. Um, and it's probably the pace that I need to have, especially if I'm trying to like put myself more out there this year than I did last year. Do you, uh, and I know I'm coming to hopping around here, but do you uh, time-lapse film your commissions as well? Uh, certain ones I have, um, I just never got around to actually posting them on my YouTube. I really do need to like update that seriously. I think the last one I posted was probably back in February and I have like endless, endless videos that I'm just, just sitting and I'm just like, yeah, you might want to update this. Cause I do have a few followers on there who are like, Hey, when's the next one popping up? So I'm like, okay, I'm coming. I promise. I promise. I promise. So um, it's, it's a slow progress. All right, so I want to get into some uh, random questions for you. I like to just call this section like the fire starter section. Just going to blast off a couple of questions, and if they, uh, if they entertain and or interest you, um, go ahead and uh, let's see uh, what your perspective is on this one. But let's start it off with um, um, what's your favorite movie? Or three. Oh I don't want to narrow it down to like that solid one or whatever. Got you, got you, got you. Okay. Um, definitely John Wick. Okay. Definitely one. Dark Knight, uh, oh. second. And the third one, it is a little cheesy, but I got to say it, the, uh, the Rugrats movie is definitely oh. in my, in my top three. Cool, cool. So you got some John, you got some Rugrats, and so you got some... Mm-hmm. A little Batman in there. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, man. Freaks and geeks. I know we're, uh, uh, you might hear a little squeak in the background. That's just the dog playing with the toy. I know it's mm-hmm. for audio, but, you know, we're just trying to keep it raw and keep it live and keep it interesting. So if those pop up, my apologies. Let's move it on. Um, what's your favorite restaurant you got in your area and your favorite we- restaurant where, like, you grew up, if you want to throw those out there? Uh, let's see. Growing up. I'm not sure. It's probably no, I'm pretty sure it's probably gone now, but there used to be a place called Shoney's. Shoney's. Um, yeah. It kind of gives you like that old buffet style restaurant. Yeah. Um, that was one. I didn't, we didn't go often, but every other chance we get Shoney's is another place. Applebee's of course. Okay. Um, definitely in like those two would be it. Uh, favorite restaurant now. 
Um, there's a little mom and pop shop um, here in Raleigh. It's called Ben Lowe's Cafe. Okay. I'm obsessed with their Belgian waffles. Belgian waffles. And they really make good ones. You can dress up like as many different topics that they have. I think it's like 15 that you can choose from. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like their coffee is real authentic and it's very strong. I think it's like some good Colombian coffee from, in, from my standpoint. Uh, so I've definitely had a chance to just hang out there. I like the vibe. They also do have artwork hanging in there too. All right. Um, and then they also do like spoken words, uh, poetry nights. I think it's every other Thursday, um, each month. So it's actually pretty nice. I've been to the couple of times, so I enjoy those moments too. Oh, so po- yeah. Poetry nights, poetry. Oh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Well. Just want to, you know, put a little flag stamp on that one. You've, uh, you started to kind of venture off and break out into that lately, haven't you? <laughs> uh, it was more so a, uh, one time for the good time. I used to write poetry a long, long time ago between like 20, 2006 through 2009. I kind of feel like those are like the dark era times. Yeah. Um, and so I figured one of my friends has been like itching for me to go back on, to get on a stage and actually recite one since she's done a poem for a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so I told her that for that one good night, you will get a chance to have me on the stage. And so I did, it was refreshing. Um, it was nice. Uh, it was different and definitely when they said that the lights are bright on that stage, it was definitely like extremely bright on that stage. I barely could see anybody out in front of me. I was like, well, this makes it easy. Yeah. So, uh, so did you have like a little bit of stage fright or what? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Prior, prior to it, yes, I did. But definitely, like as I started getting into it, I got more comfortable. So I felt like how'd you more I speak that? about it? Huh? How'd you handle just that performance anxiety? That's that little stage anxiety there. What'd you do? Uh, given that the lights were so bright, I was not able to really see that many people. I could only see maybe like two or three that were sitting like directly in front near the stage. So it kind of like put my mind at ease because I'm thinking like, oh, it's just me and myself in a room and no yeah. one else. So I was able to like put that behind me and just like just let it flow. You've done live uh, paintings as well, right? Yes, I did two. Um, this past Friday, no, not this past Friday, I'm sorry. The first Friday in May, I am the feature artist for a Good Trip Gallery here downtown in Raleigh. And I did my mm-hmm. first large um piece which was the marge on the cover of jet magazine as a that's a 36 by 48 um and then two weeks prior to that uh they had something here called taco tuesdays which is kind of like a poetry slam but it's like an improv uh type of nights where me and a couple of my friends we were working on paintings and that's where i started working on the the power line painting that one is uh 24 by 36 uh, prior to that, I've done like other art shows where I might bring a painting with me and I'll just work on it to kind of like pass by the time because a lot of it can be stagnant during moments when it's not too busy. Um, so most of them are like much, much smaller pieces. I've done like 16 by 20, 18 by 24, or like 8 by 10s. So yeah. That's cool. Nice, nice. Um, so uh, let's see. What's your favorite holiday? I don't have one. No favorite Shockingly. Holiday? I don't have one. I was almost like, I used to like them as a kid, but then once I hit my teenage years and I had to actually have a job, I was like, yeah, these holidays aren't cutting anymore. And then especially I used to work in the hospitality industry where basically they don't care what day it is. You still have to work. Want to get the money. So it kind of just like dimmed all the rest of it for me. So I was like, yeah, no. I look forward now to where I get those days off. Yes. But have like particular favorite one. Nope. No. What about season? You got a favorite season? Fall. 
I do not like spring because allergies. I don't like summer because it's obviously way too hot. And I do not like being too cold. I don't like snow. I don't like ice. None of those things. Now, will I go like skiing and tubing? Sure, fine. Um, but for the most part, I like fall is comfortable weather. I don't. I'm not sweaty. I'm not freezing. Mm-hmm. I can have an option if I want to wear a jacket or not. So I, I like to have options. I don't want it to be where I have to be either too cold. I have to be so bundled up and I'm burning up um, in the process. Or I'm in the spring sitting here having tissue stuff up in my nose because I'm trying to breathe because of allergy season. I gotcha. Um, do you play any musical instruments? I don't. But if I had an option to, I definitely would mind like playing like saxophone or the piano for sure. Saxophone. Do you remember Lisa's uh, saxophone player? Yes, I actually painted her, and she was sold within an hour. That's part of the fastest painting I think I've had yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember her teacher's name? No, but uh-huh. wasn't he? Um, I thought if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he played by Stevie Wonder? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. I think so. I'm gonna have to check that one. I think he was Bleeding Gums Murphy. Was his name? That's a good episode. I dig that. That's very nice. Well, that's cool. A little saxophone player. Uh, those mm-hmm. desires, if you did, that's nice. Nice. What's your uh, What's your favorite drink? It could be traditional beverage and or alcohol. Mm-hmm. What are you going for there? Um, do both. So traditional. This is going to be cheesy as I'll get out. I hate to say it. Water. <laughs> it has to be like I'm picky about my water like Essentia and smart water are probably like definitely in my top two i kind of like go back and forth um are you feeling an alcohol haven't no never had no. Okay. Mm-mm. all right, all right. Uh, alcohol wise i'm a brown and whiskey person i do not like white i don't like tequila i've had my share of those things but it just does not suit yeah. me well um so Brown wise, I like Doucet, uh whiskey, I like Woodford Reserve. Um yeah. and Bullet Bourbon. Like those are like my top two. Yeah. Do you like a good uh whiskey cocktail? Yes, absolutely. I'm a I'm a huge anytime I travel, I'm I gotta find out who makes the best old fashioned. So far, um the Grand Hyatt in Chicago, actually. Um, their bar, I don't remember the guy's name, but he had like this weird mustache that curls up at the top. and he made we went there for a press conference for my job at the time I was working in DC and he made all of us probably one of the best old-fashioned I've ever tasted in quite some time yeah yeah I love a good old-fashioned love the ice Mm -hmm. love just uh like um how it's it's pretty strong you know it's a strong little bit but they uh, it tastes it tastes well a little orange um um just a little orange shave and then uh cherry that's mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, excellent. Let's do a couple more randoms and then we'll get into okay. your stuff. All right. This one's weird. Okay. So tell us about your MySpace page. Think back. Ooh, my MySpace page was very artistic. Yeah. It absolutely was. I was that person. I think, I think at that time, everybody thought they were the coder. So yeah. I would literally have like my top five, they'll be scrolling one way. And then the next five underneath will scroll the opposite way. Uh, definitely had a lot of pictures at that time. My dad had like his first dog. He was like a Pomeranian Pekingese mix. Yeah. That was always my background. It constantly changed to probably be from when he was a puppy all the way up to when he got a little bit older. Um, I think at that time, definitely I would have my music change mm-hmm. like, every two weeks. Every two weeks. As that background, every two weeks, the background would change. 
all the time with different music. I'm definitely like heavy R&B person at the time. Still am now. And so those are like a strictly thing for me. If anything, if I didn't do nothing else on my page, I would change the music. Yeah. Yeah, that was a different time with uh, the whole like simple coding and and uh, backdrops and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could really—I don't know—it was—it definitely was entertaining. Man, I'm trying to not give my dog this toy, but he is. <laughs> I took it away, and he was like whining. I was like, "All right, man, go and knock yourself out, okay? Uh, love you, but I can't throw it right now." Um, do you have any pets? I don't. Okay. Not at all. I do want one next year. I'm considering. Uh, I, ideally, I would love to have a Doberman or a Rottweiler. Yeah. But I know with like apartment restrictions and all that stuff, I will probably end up getting like a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel instead. That's cool. That's cool. Back he comes over here. <laughs> um, let's see. What's your favorite place to travel? Ooh. Um. Any place that has a good scenery, any place that has like a good mom pop shop, somewhere probably like an old town area. Um, usually they make the best bar food. Yeah. Um well yeah, for sure. I used to say you would say the beach, but then after a while, like the smell of ocean water will probably get me a little nauseous. Yeah. Have you ever been to Texas? I did actually. My old job we went to Austin shockingly. We uh stayed we went for our annual yeah we went for the annual meeting um i can't it was so long ago i think it was 20 2016 yeah i want to say 2016 2017 when we went down there it was like a spring summit annual meeting that we had we were there for like three days and i think at that time my supervisor was not feeling the best yeah um but they did say everything is big in texas and i think i had like an authentic taco and i was like yeah i'm like can i can i stay <laughs> and then y'all can like <laughs> you guys can fly back I'm, I'm i'm good right where i'm at and the weather was actually really good so we we were there like mid-march um good so thankfully for us we definitely didn't have like that super super bad like dry heat heat but it was definitely we were relaxed for sure yeah. No, you can find a hell of a taco down here. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's do last one. Then we got to get to it. Okay. Last one. Uh, do you have a favorite sport? Football. Football. Okay. All right. You got a team. Do you have a team? <laughs> I do. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. <laughs> I know a lot of people find that weird because they're in Maryland. Like, no, you're supposed to be a Washington fan. Oh, absolutely not. My mom yeah. distilled that in me. She's a Dallas fan. Um, actually her ex-husband, he's an Eagles fan cause he's born and raised in Philly and my sister kind of like sides with him now too, but don't ask her about football. She don't even know who the quarterback is now. If you ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always been stuck with Dallas and then my mom actually, uh, tried out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders team. She was right. younger, so yeah. That's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Even though I'm from Texas, I'm not a Texas, uh, football appreciator. Okay. I'll get down. I'm a Steelers fan through and through. Okay. I'm all for that city when it comes to their sports teams, whether it be the Penguins or the Pirates or the Steelers. I'm all down. Um, okay. No, I, I get you not wanting to to get down with, you know, the team that's near you and, and whatnot. I don't know. There is something about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's transition um, our next little segment 
I call it the craft. Um, I want to talk with you about what you do. Um, so how'd you get started being a creative person before that? Okay. Like where you're at now, like what is one of the origins like of what you do now? So I started off in elementary school, um, like, so like in third grade. At that time, they had like the Washington Post. Um, Sundays were always like my favorite days because at that time, there was the only time you get the chance to see some of the comics colored. Yeah, like com- Garf- yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garfield, uh, was it Spider-Man, um, mm-hmm. Beetle Bailey, Baby Blues. Mm-hmm. Those are like my favorite things I used to like enjoy drawing. So from time to time, I would just randomly be sitting in class just sketching them out. Um, used to get in trouble for it, <laughs> but I started to graduate towards more getting heavy in cartoons. I was heavy eighties baby. So it was always been stuck with me for a while. Um, as I got into middle school, it started to get more heavier where I was drawing like Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, uh, started to get heavy with Scooby-Doo, huge Scooby-Doo fans, still a Scooby-Doo fan. Um, then more shows like Dexter and Cartoon Network and kind of more leaning off of the Hanna-Barbera, um, per se, like Jabberjaw, uh, Joe and Pussycats, Penelope Pitstop, um, Muttley. Yeah. Hong Kong Fooly, Muttley. Um, yeah. What's the other one? Uh, Bird Caveman, I think that's his, that was his name. Right, Captain. Um, yeah. And Wacky Races. That was, that was probably like my favorite thing to watch all the time uh, when I would get home from school. Uh, and so that kind of like instilled uh, in me for the longest. Yeah. Do you remember Two Stupid Dogs? Oh my goodness. They get on my nerves. Oh, and the Secret Squirrel. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> that can, uh, the 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 guy who's like the head chief. I kid you not, there was a teacher in my middle school who sounded just like him. Yeah. <laughs> it used to crack me up every time I would hear his voice, especially when he would get upset yeah. and you can hear him yelling down the hallway. And I was just like, wait, that's that guy from the TV show. But looks nothing like him. Yeah. At all, you would never even think the voice doesn't match him at all. Yeah, no, those are uh, uh, great selections. Uh, just mm-hmm. cartoons, cartoons, cartoons. That's what it is. Um, yeah. So I, I was listening to some of your other interviews and just really um, trying to dive into that little, uh, I guess, media form to mm-hmm. kind of prepare for this. And I, I heard somewhere along the way that your father got in, you into an art program, or was it an art school? Yeah, so at that time, they used to show, like, these infomercials where they're like, hey, if you can draw this, then you belong to this program. <laughs> so my father, I guess, took it beyond himself, and he bought one of those pamphlets, I guess, fell for the infomercial. And he gave it to me. He was like, here, draw this so I can mail this off. So I'm like, okay. So at that time, I think it was like a Bears and Bear character face. Mm-hmm. And next to it, there was, like, this skull you had to try to draw. So then it sent it off and it was like called art instruction school program. It was basically like, I think it was 16 weeks and yeah. they mail you kits of whatever your instructions are. You have to try and it's like different mediums. So I was learning, I got introduced to uh, watercolor. I got learned introduced to regular paint, acrylic oil. Uh, what else did I learn? Calligraphy, like literally the old school, you have to dip the pen yeah. in the ink and they give you like the Pacific paper, yeah. Uh, charcoal I had to learn etching which is very hard to do um, and wood carving uh, was also another part of it so basically they'll give you those assignments you get like two weeks to do it you have to mail it back out and you're graded by like these top notch professional people curators and I felt like with me doing that only in like middle school there was kind of a little 
little harsh. And I was like, well, dang, I'm just a preteen. Like, yeah. I'm not no Picasso yet. Like, geez, like, let up some. So, like, my grades were, like, Bs and Cs. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Were you in but art class in school? I took art classes, but to be honest with you, I hated them. Yeah. I did not like it. I didn't like be putting on the spotlight. I was, like, that quiet kid. So I didn't like when teachers would come and look at my paper and they want to like show us the class, like, see, this is the example. And I'm like, yeah, no, please don't. Like, yeah. I just want to stay in my bubble. Let me just create, um, even all the way. I've always been that way, even in high school. And then I took a, even a college course class, which my first, I took a basic level because I didn't know what, it, how advanced I was or not. Yeah. And I got kicked out <laughs> the uh, first day because they told me I was way too advanced. I was like, no, you need a 400 uh, level class. Ooh. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I took a 400 level class in college and that actually like blew my mind because I had a chance to like study naked people where we literally are drawing from whatever angle that we're standing from. But I also was, yeah. So I was also able to learn about charcoal, which is actually like my second favorite medium to actually work with outside of markers and paint. And I wish I still kept some of them because I've pretty, I've made like some pretty huge pieces and it taught me a lot about patience. It was very messy. I definitely did not wear good, my good clothes going into those classes because nine times out of ten, I'm constantly touching or putting stuff. My car will be messy. I had to put a towel down so that way I don't have to get all the charcoal on it. It's very hard to get out of cloth. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much, like, how I started uh, with our instruction school. It was nice. It had me a chance to, like, explore things because my father wanted to see what other places besides, uh, you know, doing markers that I was going to be good at. Yeah. And gradually I learned into painting on my own, uh, was it 2018? Mm-hmm. Um, when I taught myself how to paint, which everyone is always so shocking to learn that it's taking me a short amount of time, I guess, to get to where I'm at now. But if you only saw them paintings I did in 2018, I think I still have one. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, a big growth. <laughs> sure. I want to go off that. Um, mm-hmm. do you know anything about the, uh, I think it's a 10,000 hours. You ever heard about mm-hmm. the thousand hours for like your craft? No, I, no, I don't know. I mean, I believe it's true as well. Like people believe mm-hmm. that you have to put 10,000 hours of work into something before you can actually like be good at it. And yeah. you'll still struggle. But at that point in time, you'll know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of, of um, your tool, your instrument, your um, just uh, means of creation. Um, and it doesn't even have to be creation. It can be, you know, sports as well. Um, mm-hmm. but you have to put in that amount of time, they say, um, before you really have a, um, a good, uh, like hand that a good knack for it. So yeah. I kind of believe that. Yeah. Takes time. Um, who are some of your animator slash like artist influences that you draw from? I mean, I know you've spoken on the Hanna-Barbera's and the Scooby mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but, uh, um, do you have any others, uh, specifically? Um, of course, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. uh, that whole realm, that 80s, 90s realm, uh, for sure. I think for a while, like a lot of people used to know me for my crossovers. I used to actually blend characters from different shows together. Um, I think the biggest one I got out of it was taking um, Hey Arnold mm-hmm. and Recess and merging them together. You did uh, Actually, yeah, I did that one. It was done, probably my first big piece I did, all markers, I believe it's 16 by 20. Yeah, and that took me probably about two two weeks to do, 
Um, that one is gone and sold. And another one of people liked, I did for Halloween two years ago, uh, Bob's Burgers as the Adams Family. Um, oh. That one, yeah, one of my good friends uh, back at home, she has like a whole bakery shop and everything. She has it hanging up there. And she always cracks me up from time to time. So when she gets a chance to go back there, she's like, oh my God, I still can't believe I still have it. Yeah. Are you, uh, ready? Are you ready for that movie? Oh my goodness. Yes, I am. I'm actually working on a Louise piece today um, mm-hmm. simply because I'm obsessed. And then I have a 18 by 24 all markers. Mm-hmm. And I think I have the first five seasons. I think I'm having most of all those characters all on one. Oh, that's nice. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's awesome. I like that. You're working it. You're for surely getting out there and putting the, you know, putting the the hand to create, dabbling in mm-hmm. it. I like that. Um, uh, you've done a fair amount of like showings per se. What do you do to prepare yourself for something like that? What do you do pr- to prepare yourself mentally and to prepare a piece for something like that? Uh. It really depends on the type of venue. Um, most places, they'll kind of like pretty much send you like, okay, this is the wall space that you're given. This is the amount of pieces and sizes. So once they give us that information, I kind of like go from there. Usually most of my pieces lately, they kind of been fitting in with most of their criteria. Um, the, and if not, then usually I'll try to like, okay, what is my time frame here? Like how many pieces or how much time do I really want to invest into creating something either small, whether it's big. Uh, I think the preparation for it actually is a lot more smoother than I thought. I think besides my first show, um, I think now the more I do them, it's kind of like, you're just going to get whatever I have already done in the process beforehand. I used to be like, Oh my God, I have to work on this. I work on this, but I realized I was starting to burn myself out. Um, a lot faster and I was driving myself sick um, just because I felt like I had the need to do those things Uh, but then now it's like hey if I only have you know two or three solid pieces to put in for the show then that's what they're going to get and usually I kind of like go with that mindset like hey at the end of the day you're here to basically like network I think at the time when I first started doing the shows I was like pressed to like have so many things sold but the longevity of it, the long haul now is like, you'd be surprised how many people that you get yourself introduced to. Just the other day, actually, somebody sent me an email. They remember me from the Pancake and Boo show I did back in March, um, thanking me basically to bringing back the nostalgia work that I had. They admired like how clean my work is. Yeah. Um, and they actually told me to keep in touch. He's actually executive director for a company that's out here in Raleigh. Um, he asked if I have any Super Mario Brother characters. <laughs> that I'm going to be working on in the near future, like to please let him know because he definitely has like heavy interest in them. And I was like, wow, that's shocking. So I think for me now, it's like, I focus more so on networking regardless of how many pieces I put in the show for sure. Nice, nice, nice. All right, Tiffany. So the next question I want to ask you still pertains to art. Um, Tell Mm -hmm. us about like the art scene out in Maryland and the art scene out in, um, in Raleigh, out in North Carolina, what's going on out there? Um, so Raleigh, their art scene is okay. Um, I think for the most part, a lot of people, they have something here called Art Closure, which is kind of like a big art festival. Um, they just have like all different types of vendors, all from printmaking to arts and crafts. Um, they even have like a little kid mart, um, where even kids themselves can also sell work. They actually usually have it the weekend before Memorial Day. So it actually just passed this two, I think it's, I'm not mistaken, it's two days. 
Um, but for the most part they have, they just recently, um, opened a place in Durham where everything is kind of like literally made out of, uh, I can't think of the type of bins that they are, but I guess they're like recycled, but there people can like, you know, hang out there. There's art pop-up shops that they have hosting there. Um, from time to time, they have something called like the black flea market, uh, which happens every Sunday during the spring, all the way up until late fall. Um, from there, you can just see like all types of arts, crafts, um, people who sell clothes, jewelry, artwork is also there, candles. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Of course, they have like the art museum that's out here. It's not as close as like Maryland, D.C. art museums, but it's pretty steady. Um, they have something called the CAM. Um, I think for that one, it's kind of like more of a private. If you want to host like your own uh, gallery event, um, usually most people use that space to rent out. Uh, in Maryland, it's a little bit more different. They have more open, uh, openly shows yeah. um, besides like Pancake and Booze. Uh, they'll have different festivals like Broccoli Fest um, where they'll have like art vendors uh, show up and you can still work there. Um, something in the water, like usually in Virginia, they'll have, um, you know, our venues pop up like there. And then a lot of people like go to Norfolk, um, constantly because they have like a lot more vendor opportunities as well as like open, more open gallery spaces. A lot of people, a lot of our friends I know of there, they're constantly doing like their own solo shows. So there's so many more opportunities to like look at galleries and rent those spaces out. Um, whether if you're doing like a sip and paint or even if you're doing your own exhibition, uh, so for the most part, like I'll travel um, between Raleigh and I will go back home sometimes for certain events and as well as go to Charlotte. Charlotte is more heavier on the art scene because they have the Mint Museum. Um, and then from there, some people have memberships with Mint Museum. So like if they have events taking place in the city, which is, I want to say, almost any and every other month, there's always something going on and they're constantly having artists um, out there, whether to have work displayed or if they're doing like mural work, mural work is real heavy, real popular now with a lot of artists, which is actually something I want to learn and get into. Um, because I think that's like the next step, uh, where the art is slowly starting to phase besides the NFTs, but that's where it's, it's starting to happen at the most. Um, so for now it's like, I guess since now we're out of, not really necessarily out of COVID, but now that, some people are like allowing like their spaces to open back up. So I think with Raleigh, they're trying to do the same thing. They have something now called art space where they're trying to do now opening up more to the art community where they're allowing more people with all different genre backgrounds with art to come and use up their space or they need people to fill in spaces for whichever exhibition they're going to have for the next three to six months or even into the next year. I think um, last week they put out, uh, they're searching for people, now, if they want to have an exhibition to host for next year, you have to put an application now for it. So that way they can go ahead and do the selection and let people know, I think, like early fall of this year on whether they get in or not. So it's it's like Raleigh's trying to catch up with what Charlotte is doing. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I would, I'm enjoying to see how the transition is going to happen besides them having just art exposure, what other art events um, that they're going to have. So for the most part, I think, yeah, I do a lot of my art traveling. That's good. It sounds like there's a bunch of opportunities out there and just like stuff continuously starting to pop up everywhere. That's excellent. Um, Let's see. Um, how do you, uh, this is a question that, uh, I thought of earlier, like, and, and I've always thought of it though. I've always noticed it. Um, do you ever notice, and how do you feel if you've noticed this, but like when a cartoon gets a major, like 
motion picture film, how the art like style or the animation style takes a major change after that. Have you ever noticed mm-hmm. that? How do you I th- did. Uh, depends on, I guess, how, how good or bad the character relates to me in a sense. Cause like, for example, Scooby-Doo, um, I've noticed that now, like the newer Scooby-Doo's, they almost kind of look, uh, real refined and choppy almost versus the, how they used to look. Um, mm-hmm. even like the color, they look a little bit more brighter versus like how Scooby-Doo was. And then they had like lots more, it's more darker, more dull. Did you um, like the zombie island? I did. I actually did like Zombie Island. And even then, like, I've noticed, like, afterwards when I started making even more anime Scooby-Doo movies, that it tends to, I don't know where they're trying to lean it towards. It almost looks flat, not like 3D or even 2D almost. And even now with their show, it still looks a little bit flat. Um, Yeah, I think it's a little bit weird sometimes. I guess it just really depends on the genre. Even, like, now I guess, like, everything is trying to, like, Paramount is doing these 3D shows like they try to do with the Rugrats. Yeah. Um, make it that 3D. I was not a, definitely not a fan of it whatsoever. And then now they're trying to move into the more live animation, like with the Pokemon, with that Pikachu movie uh-huh. um, that happened. And then now you have like Sonic Hedgehog. Yeah. It's kind of weird that whole transition. And I was just like, oh. yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about any <laughs> any uh, of this. Is a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. It's an adjustment. Yeah, for sure. Um, who's your favorite character in Hey Arnold? Actually, I actually liked Helga. Yes, I loved Helga. I loved. Helga. I did Helga. Helga. Helga had zero zero fucks to give. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> but I also realized that Helga, like she low key plays like this tough girl role, but at the same time, Helga has this soft side to her when people realize it or not. Yeah. and the secret love that she has for Arnold is really it's fun to watch and mm-hmm. it's adored. Mm-hmm. Um, that the undefined thing that she has for him and even then still I think naturally she does have that care in the world but she plays this tough girl role so hard and I'm just like girl we we know the story we we really know how you can be but that's okay <laughs> yeah I, I mean, she is amazing I like her lines as well I think she has the most sophisticated script like mm-hmm. on the show um, and I do hope to get that uh, voice actress on the podcast because oh she is good that would be dope yeah i'd love to do that talk to her about that whole stuff but yeah i I rewatched the entire series like a year ago um Mm -hmm. just from because it's been available like on hulu and whatnot um but as a kid like we never got the opportunity to watch the entire thing you know for Mm -hmm. us it was weird it was like they would show it and then it's just like all right we're not making hey arnold anymore all right we're not making whatever show anymore it's like what what so we just drop out the face of the earth you know like no no warnings no nothing (laughs) we can't rewatch it in its like order because y'all don't make it like that and then eventually that stuff start to started to become like available um but um did you watch the um the movie the jungle movie how'd you like that it was different 
Um, I still always prefer like the actual Hey Arnold movie per se, but it was cool. It was nice though. I mean, I felt like maybe the animation looked a little different. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I wasn't too, um, too disappointed off that. It, it did have an animation adjustment for sure. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, something looks a little bit off. I mean, I get it. And then I've noticed like this, the colors, the clothes, the outfits, all of that has changed. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I may mean, get at some point, you know, they have to grow up and they got to move on, but um, but I thought I heard recently that that entire hair Arnold setting was not taking place in New York at all, that it was taking place. Yeah. The whole different state. I'm like, no, there's no way. Yeah. yeah I don't think I believe or Oregon, uh, one of those. Um, yeah. yeah, I love the creator of that show, Craig Bartlett. He's, mm-hmm. and he's talked about it. I like him a lot. Um, but uh, what I liked about the movie uh, is you finally get to see that Arnold Helga kiss, and it's like, yes, it took that I'm long. Like, like, right? I'm like, really? Like, seriously? Like, come on now. <laughs> but it was good though. It's like, all right, finally we get that. <laughs> I, I thank you very much because I felt like if it was not going to happen in this movie, I'm like, at this point, don't don't try to make another one or a third one where it's finally going to happen because I'm not even going to be up for it. <laughs> So I was just uh, skimmering through like some of your other creations and mm-hmm. two of them that like uh, stick out are, well, definitely. And I want to talk about this in the next segment, but definitely oh. all Batman, the animated series, like stuff. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that drew me towards like what you do is how fine you have down the Joker or essentially all of them. And in that style, um, I mean, your Joker is pristine and crisp and like they all are. Your uh, uh, Dr. Freeze is just ice right there. That's a mm-hmm. damn it. That wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I didn't mean for that one to come out. Um, Two-Face, off the chain. You got uh, the Riddler done as well that is just out of sight. Um, So I love those. But where I was going with this is the Flintstones ones that you have where they're Mm -hmm. all black and white. And then you just kind of like over their face, you put the color palette that like should be on that. Right. How did you come up with that idea? Uh. I guess I was trying to like think of how to make them a little bit different. So I figured I'd do it in the style that I know that most people, like my mom, she's a huge Flintstone fan. Um, during that time when she was younger, they were always used to be in black and white. Um, and so for me, I was, I was always, I think at that time, Instagram had like this Pantone filter where it's like, if you take a picture, it'll hover over it. You get to see like the three original colors for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually trying to imply that. So then that's when I decided, okay, we're going to make these, we'll make these little grayscale. But I wanted that Pantone look where I want to show like their original colors on top of it. That's cool. No, I, I dig that. Do you ever, uh, did you ever see the old Flintstones cigarettes ads? They used no. To, <laughs> they used to do Winston cigarettes ads, which is crazy. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Yep. And they were all for that. But I mean, I've only just been referred to them as like the Flintstone chewables. <laughs> those, com- those yeah. commercials. Yeah. But no, I didn't even know they did that. Yeah. This was back then. Um, and I don't think it was meant to be a children's show. I think it was trying to pertain to like adult animation mm-hmm. of uh, like a Bob's Burgers. And just yeah. somehow it got, you know, because it's supposed to be a pull off of uh, the Honeymooners. That's okay. um so yeah that's that's pretty interesting um back to onto your art like i know mm-hmm. you do um 
I don't know. What is that technique where you, you, you have multiple of the same image just aligned or placed upon itself um, on your, your creation space, i.e. like the Rick and Morty one where it's all uh, Morty or, or Rick and... Oh, the multiplier. Yeah, the, uh, mul- the multiplier. Like, like where, yeah. do you, where do you come up with that? Uh, the Scooby-Doo there, cool. there's an um, There's an artist uh, by the name of Jerkface. Um, most people may or may not be familiar with him, um, but if not, uh, the rapper Drake has two paintings done by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, I think a while ago, he posted it like in his Instagram story or something. And since then, like that guy has like blown up. But I've always been infatuated like watching his work per se and how he's so intricate with trying to multiply like certain characters, whether you might see their face, whether it be just their outline of their body. Um, and I told for me, like, I wanted to go back and do another Rick and Morty piece. I've done Rick and Morty a long time ago. I want to say maybe 2020, 2021. And they were on a much smaller scale and those were gone instantly. And same thing happened with both of those. Actually, that's probably the fastest I've sold a piece that I haven't even finished yeah. um, to someone I actually work with. He's a huge Rick and Morty fan. He needed something to hang in his office. And so I told myself, I'm like, you know what, let's, let's go big. Since I've now gotten accustomed to working with bigger canvases, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, we're going to put Morty, Rick and Morty bigger, but how do I want them to stick out? So for me, I figured let's just do the standard Rick, um, but change his eyebrows. Like, of course, when you watch Rick and Morty series, his eyebrows are really the only thing that changes a lot on his face versus him having like that same nasty little, I don't even know if it's like goop drool or whatever on the bottom of his mouth but it's so (laughs) it's so sickening but i felt like i didn't want to keep that but i felt like since his eyebrow changed like let's do it that way and then with morty morty is just an odd person in general but the same issue with him is his mouth always changes but not necessarily like his eyes or uh, too much of his face expressions so for that i kind of want him to stay but i also wanted him to stick out from like since morty is really so plain he doesn't really have uh, as many character faces as Rick does. So with Morty, I was like, well, what's one of the, out of all the Rick, a lot of Rick and Morty characters, which one's like the most? So I chose the the evil Morty episode. And so that's what explains why he has that one patch um, over his eye. And I figured that would make him stand out even more. So yeah, so my colleague um, has both of them sitting in his house and his wife, she doesn't really understand cartoons that much. But she's impressed with, one, how long it took me to finish. And then, two, um, the fact that they're just that huge and it's so clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, it took a while. No, they are clean. I dig them for sure. Um, do you have any, like, cartoon cells? Do you own any of those? Anything like that? No. No? I've always, I, I find them interesting. I think they're really cool. I'd like to get, like, at least one from, like, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network show. I think that's interesting to like have that. Like, I guess it's piece of animation history for sure. Cause it's like a, yeah, definitely from the, you know, studio. Did you ever get a chance to go to Nicktoon studio in Orlando? I did not. I think I've been down to Orlando studios, but I haven't like when we went, um, I think at that time it was like closed. 
So mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to go. So we had to like go in the other parts of the park. But I was really upset that I never got a chance to like actually yeah, explore. This is so cool. Like it's it's not what it, that at all anymore. But just mm-hmm. being there as a kid it was like, man, that that looks so cool. I want to go there with the slime and I wanted to get slime so bad. I was just like, I just wanted to see what it know what it smells like. <laughs> Yeah, if you're ever interested, there's like a final walkthrough online by um, a, a vlogger. I think oh, I can't. I can't believe its name is slipping my mind. Adam, Adam the oh, Adam something. Mm-hmm. I forget what his name is, but I would. He did a great um, a great walkthrough of that studio before it shut down, and it was all like abandoned, but it still had all the classic art. Um, so I think yeah. that's cool. Have you seen these like? Um, there's one artist and I was looking him up right now. I can't remember like what his name is, but he'll take a certain character, be it like a cat. And then he'll go through all the other like similar cats that are like on the same body. What's your take? I know on- exactly what you're talking about. Who's that? Um, I don't remember his name, but I I do follow him, and I find yeah. it weird that I like his I like his tradition or I like the choices that he do pick. Yeah. I think the weirdest one I saw was the Winnie the Pooh and he was making Winnie the Pooh like take a crap, but it's like his head is still coming out of it. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, but I actually like seeing stuff like that because one, some characters I haven't seen in such a long time. Um, I think I saw one he did with the dogs and it had uh what's that thing? Uh, what's that guy's name? Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Um I've always imagined like people when they do stuff like that or even what's this guy's name his name is Matt Gondek and he has like these exploding exploding Simpson characters mm-hmm. I'm always interested in seeing how people intricate uh how a lot of these characters are merging together like what do all these cats have relations to each other what do all these dogs have relations to each other I don't know if they're trying to do something as genre wise like what year you know all these characters were introduced uh, but those are definitely uh, people who I follow because I'm always looking to try to figure out ways on how to like expand my creativity with art world, especially with what I do now. And I'm always like reaching out to them. They're always happy to like give advice um, as well on whether if I think like this will stick, will it not stick? And even in, for me, it requires me even going back to uh, watching some of the old like Boomerang shows, watching the old Nickelodeon shows, and all that too to kind of keep it going yeah i'm looking up man i can't i was gonna get on my instagram and share you but the oh alex mdc or something or somewhere along those lines i think that i thought about it. it's like alex in it's either alex mcdc or MD something well the guy i get down i think this is his name's thumbs thumbs one yeah, yeah so yeah so like him and there's it's like him and i think there's another a gentleman too he does the same thing alex but i do follow um thumbs one up too but yeah. i think he's based in the uk okay um yeah that's not awesome. actually i bought one of his prints the the scooby-doo one okay um, but then i was trying to get the the, the mr the dr doom piece that he has mm-hmm. but it sold out so quick but i thought if i'm not mistaken it might be back up on his website i think he made more prints of it yeah that's excellent all right let's see let me get back to one thing here mm-hmm. last little art question and then i want to talk about uh i want to talk about some uh antagonists but what do you <laughs> to achieve as an artist like um what mark do you wish what marks do you wish to leave off um 
I definitely want to stay in the pop artist category. I feel as though as a black female, as a young black female, that is one category that I can say that I don't see where there's another African-American female um, trying to advocate in that area. Uh, And I know that some people want to try to gravitate me out of that. They want me to go lean towards more portrait styles. And it's not really my thing. I don't have an issue with people who do them. Um, But for me, I wanted to let people know that one, it is still okay to still draw cartoons, anime, all of those things. And I want people who do look up to me, whether they're either older or even younger, or those who are even trying to get into where I'm at to understand that all of it really just takes time. And even for me, like I lack patience on certain things and I have to realize like everything that's happening now, it's a slowly but sure progress. Um, but definitely I want to continue with me being a pop artist. I want to stay in that genre, I want to stay in that category for sure. Solo exhibition, um, that is actually in the works. That's good. Uh, for next year, I am hoping I'm actually going to have it back at home in Maryland um, to make it easier for a lot of people traveling wise. Um, some of my friends and family who are all over the place. Uh, I definitely want to go ahead and travel some more. I'm actually going to be uh, traveling to Cleveland, Ohio in July um, to be a part of an exhibition. And I'm looking forward to that. That's my first time I'm ever having to travel that far. Usually I'm kind of like mostly just up and down on the East coast. Like Georgia will probably be the first I've gone. Um, but definitely I want to expand out more to go to other places like Texas, of course, uh, Cali for sure. Um, uh, what's another place? Denver. Denver is definitely huge yeah. in the art community. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe Seattle. Uh, definitely wouldn't mind going back to Chicago to probably do like an event, but I just want myself to kind of like be more, want more people to know like, Hey, you know, this is what she does. This is how she does it. Uh, and just continues to allow people to know me for those clean lines, the, the color choices that I make, um, which surprisingly I just find them on Google and I just figure out whether if this color palette is going to work or not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for sure. I definitely want to leave that implant on that mark when people let them know like, Hey, I'm a black female pop artist. That's never going to change. Good. Good. Yeah. I can definitely appreciate that. Keep, keep mm-hmm. going. If I can stand the fuck up for sure. That's what's yeah. all right. Let's talk about the bad boys and the bad girls. Let's talk about the villains. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm, I'm a good villain. I don't know what yeah. it is but i love them so um what is it that draws uh interest and curiosity to you about a villain i think their history their backstory um some of it you're like wait why did you still choose to be a villain and then others you know they have like the little sad yeah. moments or others who are like actually probably created to be evil and so in a sense it's kind of like they were forced to kind of be that person instead of them maybe having a possibility to explore, like, should they just go ahead and try to be good? Um, So I think for me, it's always been stuck that way. I've always enjoyed their, their realm of things, how they think, how they interpret, how they see the world a lot more different than the antagonist. So I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna stick with the villains team. (laughs) Team villains for sure. Um, Yeah what are your top five like villains and I don't know if this is a word, but villainettes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. For sure. Harley Quinn is definitely number one. Um, people will probably laugh at this one. <laughs> Mojo Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> it is so weird uh, yeah. to me. Um, and the cape. Yeah. The boots. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just his level of 
his I, his persistence for yeah. me, knowing good and well, like this doesn't even sound that great, but he's still he's still gonna do it anyways because he feels entitled uh, to take over the world. Um, who else do I think it was doing? Roger from Doug. Oh yeah, dude. Is, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's another person. Um, trying to figure out who else. Uh, I gotta go with Angelica mm-hmm. from Regrets for sure. Um, trying to think of if there's anybody else I did like. Actually, okay, even though it's not cartoon, I gotta go with Bane from Dark Knight. I got to, yeah. have to, yeah, for sure, for sure. Some people say mm-hmm. I gotta do a little Bane impression, but I don't think so. I don't. Think. <laughs> <laughs> there was a. Uh, there was an old coworker of mine when I worked in the hotel. He actually dressed up as Bane for Halloween. Like literally, it was probably the most dope thing. He literally like made the mask, costume, everything. It was so lit, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was so cool." Um. Yeah, those villains are great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just something about them. It's definitely like you said. They're just their story and how they just process their life like with everything that they've faced it's interesting that yeah some of them even have like better better costumes better outfits and i'm just like wait what's up with this <laughs> it's crazy um mm-hmm. villains oh uh, uh plankton i think that's an honorable honorable mention for villains there god yeah that man is probably i'll be like listen he's very creative and mm-hmm. i get where he's trying to go but i just think he he lacks little bit of some certain common sense on things i don't think he thinks it all the way through i think for that moment he's just excited because it's like yes this is gonna work but i don't think he really thought it all the way through so i'm like oh i feel bad for you <laughs> sometimes um who's your favorite monster in uh, scooby-doo oh okay so when i was a kid i used to be scared of that little skull guy who had had like the little helmet and he had the astronaut outfit on he used to scare the crap out of me and i could not i couldn't understand it and i don't know why like i couldn't maybe it was his laugh yeah i used to get on my nerves um but i actually gotta go with the creeper the creeper which one is that one so he's like he kind of looks like a lurch a little bit the green um, guy? Or is, yeah i think oh yeah. like lurch from the adam's family Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. He kind of looks like he reminds me of a lurch from the Adams family, but he's just he's just so slow. But that poor man, like he don't say much word. The only thing he says creeper. But I always thought that was like the weirdest, the weirdest thing about him. That's a early, like, too, right? Isn't that like the pilot, the first one? Yeah, yeah. I like. Um, I was always scared of the uh, the. Um, I guess the diving suit guy. The I don't know how to. I don't know. He had a diving suit on and he would glow and whatnot. That's one, same one. That was I couldn't stand his voice. I'm like, yeah, see, no, I didn't, no, I'm not a fan of that man. I used to always like if that if that episode was playing, I would immediately skip it. I'm like, sorry, we're not watching this. And I like the the carnival one with the is it the robot? The oh, the, that was interesting too. Yeah, yeah, that um, keeps on doing stuff. Yeah, and then what else? Like the lady who did the the witch the witchcraft. Um, she was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. And that. I realized they didn't have a lot of like female, yeah, type of villains per se in that in that TV series for a while. And I didn't even realize like how old that TV series was. Like some of it goes really back to like late seventies, early eighties. I'm like, oh my goodness. 
For sure. Uh, what was your take on it when they started like hanging out with other people? Like, I don't know, the Harlem- celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like the newer ones now, but like the old ones when they were playing like on Hannibal on was it that on Boomerang? Yeah. Um, I liked it then. Like, I think now what does they have? Like Morgan Freeman was yeah. <laughs> a latest yeah. one. Like a bunch of. Also, I can't. Yeah, they had one of the wrestling person, John Cena was on there uh tina fey <laughs> that one was probably the funniest the funniest one that they did but i felt like with them trying to i think at that point i think they're maybe just running out of uh things to do with scooby so they keep trying to like make these new old renditions to make them newer mm-hmm. and i feel like certain things you just gotta like leave alone if anything you guys need to bring pup named scooby do back <laughs> Yeah. Because that was a good series, and I feel like they they cut it so short. I think it was only like maybe three, three, four seasons of it, and I'm like, that's it. That was I'm like, come on, man. They also did that with this uh, Flintstones, right? The Flintstone Kids. The Flintstone Kids. Oh my God, yes. Why don't you play? Wait, what? Why? Yeah, Tom and Jerry Kids. Yeah, those used to be like I used, I couldn't stand Tom and Jerry as they were an adult, but when they did the television show as the kids, I was watching it constantly. And then they had Muppet Babies too. That like baby thing was big. I don't know. It was. I don't know why they felt like they couldn't give them as much recognition as they should. So like now they actually have like the boomerang app. You can go back and watch them, but it's still not the same. And even when I go back and watch them, I'm like, wait, why are there only like two seasons of this? Like, I don't understand. And then of course, you know, their episodes, they're like so quick, you know, but for us, when we're watching as kids, you know, we thinking it's a whole 30 minutes. No, it's literally like, Fifteen just cut real short. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last yeah. villain question. Tell us more about your villain character, this uh, Iris character. What's going on with that? Is that still in the books? Is that still uh, coming to flourishing? Uh, right now, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with her. I think Iris has kind of like been sitting around. Actually, she kind of started off as uh, dreams I used to have. Okay. Um. I don't know if she's supposed to be like some type of little bit of rendition of me. She's kind of like, she's real stealthy, like a cat, like cat woman per se, but also she's an assassin um, that I've created. And she's like almost like CIA central intelligence, but more of like, she's her own CIA, like her glasses uh, when she's working, they'll turn into, she can see location. She can read bodies, body heat, thermal sensors, all of that. And she like has a regular day job. She's a librarian. That yeah. is her normal day job. You would never know who she is as an individual. And basically she's a private contractor killer um, who has this purple suit. And I don't know why I've been like, literally it'll be different times or different areas in my life where I keep having these same dreams where I'm just this person um, basically just taking over. And I'm international. I'm not even nowhere in the U.S. Um, handling, you know, just everyday things for people who need me to take people out. Um, so I had... Yeah, so I had one of my, my good friends, Lamar, um, probably most people know him as Mr. Dramatic. Uh, he ended up bringing my concept to life. Um, so for right now, I probably might randomly on occasion may go back and bring her, like maybe make one little random panel. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of like let people slowly but surely know of who she is, but I comfortable to say I'm like I finally have like my own like OC character yeah uh, no, so who, who knows what can happen with going into her definitely want to do bring something out with her next year for sure yeah um because I know some people definitely like yourself people are waiting they're like so 
what does she want to do? <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind actually having like an action figure of her, like that, like a 3D printed version of her. That would be sick for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. I can see the kind of like, uh, I don't know, hijinks, plotted hijinks she could get into. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So she's going up against good guys, right? Or is she going up against bad guys? What's bad guys, yeah, for sure. But she's a villain, right? Well, yeah, she has her own. She kind of like, she doesn't really care to be around like good people. She's like, look, my job is to get rid of you. You don't like it. That's tough, but I have a job to do. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I dig that. Yeah. I, uh, I hadn't seen like what I had heard about it on another little, mm-hmm. um, um, little interview of yours, but I, I hadn't never seen that before. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. let's see any, what, what else do we got on this? All right. So I think that's all on the villains. Um, I love a good villain. Villains definitely bring out like the story, you know, without a villain, mm-hmm. what do you got? You just have like, the story of the, the protagonist and I don't know, I think every, I don't want to say everybody needs a villain, but every good story, there should be, you know, a villainous character in there to uh, stir up a couple of things. Absolutely. Um, but I had a, before we move on to um, this next little segment, I had like one question going back okay. to, like your art form um you i've seen you do these like challenges um these just drawing challenges you did one mm-hmm. um what was it like la- i think the last one i saw was like june of last year or something like that mm-hmm. june um, 30 day challenges like tell us yeah. you know a lot of them though um tell us like what's up with that like um i find it very interesting that you'll you'll do one a day for the entire month right yeah it's, it's definitely hard. Yeah. Um, so a couple of other artists like Harrow, um, Adam, and then they decided to create these prompts um, during the month of June. They actually put out their list, which I will be participating in some of it, but probably not all of it because I have a couple of events next month that I'll be having my attention towards. Um, and basically you just follow the prompt, figure out what character associates with that word. You draw it out. Um, and for them, it's like, it don't matter where if you use sketch, if you want to use ink, if you want to paint them. Uh, and then I think you can actually follow like the entire hashtag and you can see like a lot of people really participate in it. Um, there's also Inktober that happens in October. Uh, I used to do them, but I guess with my timing, I haven't done it. I don't think I did last year, but the year before that, um, it's the same rule, same concept, follow the prompts. But I think at that time, it was strictly just only using ink. So you actually kind of not really mess with markers too much. But I guess it kind of got more flexible about it. So now more people are like open to do them. But June 2 for me is definitely my favorite simply because I like to see some of the old characters that I'd be thinking about, but I don't remember their name. But somebody else has drawn and I'm like, oh my God, yes, I remember exactly who this person is. Like, man, I can't believe some of these people really know some of these characters. And some people, especially like even the newer generation, they can remember seeing some of these characters so for me i enjoy doing them um i think now like since they've put them out earlier sorry y'all i kind of do cheat (laughs) a little bit and i'll probably like work on them like way ahead of time (laughs) and then post them each day um but this year will probably be the year i actually will be actually drawing them every day and try to color them every day but i think i'll probably keep it on like one uh what do you call it one color scheme for the entire month of june so that way i'm also not like wearing myself out and i think i'm actually going to work on going back to the sketch cards 
because they're so much easier, so much quicker to get them done and out the way. Yeah. And it makes good collection too, because I have like a slew of uh, baseball cards that I've done from June tunes over the years. I think I started doing them in 20, 2016 yeah. is when I probably started working with them. Uh, those are super so, like, size on those. Yeah, and they're really nice guys too, the guys who do the prompts. So they know me every time. They're always asking, like, hey, doing it again this year? And I'm like, yep, I, I can't miss this one out. So yeah. No, that's it. I dig that right there. All right. So our next segment, uh, we're going to move out of the villains and we're going to move into just like appreciations about yourself. Um, I know we talked about the poetry earlier um, and Mm -hmm. that's excellent. Um, Another outlet for you, another just little appreciation that you have. Um, But uh, what else do you like to do for yourself outside of uh, creating art? Uh, I like to dance. Okay. I haven't danced in a while, but I briefly found an adult dance class to take. So me and one of my friends, cool. uh, we go just for kicks and giggles. Uh, I like to do Zumba classes um, as well. Uh, I do jigsaw puzzles. That's like my best downtime mm-hmm. if I don't feel like creating, but I kind of want to like keep my mind constantly going. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with like Sudoku. What's the other one? Mahjong Tiles is another game I like to play. Um I do like going on trails when I get a chance, when the weather is nice and the mosquitoes are not out. <laughs> um, I do like to go on different ones. There's like a couple of them here in Raleigh where I'm just like always at a maze to like see, especially when during that transition in the fall when the leaves turn. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Um, I'm naturally a foodie okay. at heart. So I'm always down to find whatever food truck fest. Uh, they have a lot of that here. And so I had to be mindful of myself not to go overboard <laughs> when I go. Do you like to cook? Um, I do. I do love to cook. I'm a huge, I can make a really good stuffed bell peppers. That's okay. like my go-to. And I really make a good uh, sriracha mayo sauce when we do taco nights. Mm. Um, those are pretty good. Uh, burgers. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's my even like. like you like a crispy taco or soft taco? Soft. Soft? Okay. You like yeah. a flour or you like a corn? It depends on what I'm having with it. Shrimp, uh, corn. Okay. Yep. If I'm having like carnitas or uh, steak, then definitely flour. Yeah. You ever had a potato taco? No. Slam. Sweet potato tacos or just in general potato tacos? Those are slammers right there. I'm pretty sure there's somewhere in Raleigh that if someone makes it, I got to try it out mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Sweet potato taco is easy to make at home, to tell you the truth. It's, uh, I did. Okay. Little sweet potato, little uh, mm-hmm. beans, little pico de gallo, little cheese, tortilla. Okay. Uh, corn, I think corn, I do them on corn, or they got a corn blend. They got a corn Ooh. flour blend here that uh, that's pretty good. I dig that one. Oh, my. Have you ever had a cheeseburger quesadilla? Cheeseburger quesadilla. No, that sounds familiar. No, I don't think so. No. What? Okay. One, you can make it yourself. I make them myself. Um, you could probably, you could probably find somebody or any restaurants in Texas. I'm pretty sure they have to have somebody who does it, mm-hmm. uh, who makes them. It's a, it's a game changer. Sounds Super good. game changer. Yeah, that definitely sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this one's kind of deep. I don't think I've ever asked anybody, but like with this whole venturing into the next volume of this podcast, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask some deeper questions to the uh, the guests on the show. What makes you happy? That's a, that's broad. That's big. But what makes you happy? Yeah. Uh, besides food, <laughs> if it tastes good, that is. 
Um, being relaxed, being around people who, uh, comedy, um, those type of things make me happy. My niece, when she calls me TT, <laughs> the funniest thing ever. Mm, for sure. uh, or when, or when she says no, <laughs> the way she says no, um, those things make me happy. Uh, just to being able to stay alive in these crazy behind times. I have to remind myself as frustrating as everyone can be sometimes in their own thoughts and bubbles. They got to realize like, shoot, man, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I still have, you know, most of my health intact. Mm -hmm. And those are things that I think we don't think about. We take it for granted. Sometimes I even for myself take for granted. And I have to realize like I could be in worse situations or I could be six feet under God forbid. Um, so those things I take appreciation to, uh, a really good playlist when your playlist is playing like all of the hit back to back and you're like, yeah, no skips. Like, absolutely. Those things make me happy. Puppies, puppies. make me happy. Yes. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be a thing called puppy therapy for everybody who works in an office environment. They just needs to be like offer it once a week. Yeah. Um, ready to just bring in puppies, you hold puppies and then that's it. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely get that. That's why I got. That's definitely why I have dogs for sure. It's because I love them. Mm-hmm. Can bring something out. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, those are definitely things can, that can bring a whole lot of happiness, and I'm glad that um, you got that outlet. I mean, I think everybody should. I was thinking earlier today too. I want to have like a mm-hmm. like mental health thing, mental health segment, or just discussion of that. But I mean, that's it right there. Just like overall happiness making sure you're doing things for yourself to like keep i don't know um i don't want to say sanity but just like keep refreshed and keep like up and keep Mm -hmm. your ability to keep going making sure and just always making sure everything's all right because like you said like the times we're in are are crazy and you can't Mm -hmm. another day for granted because it's just uh i don't know it's not a wise way to uh um to maneuver around things always got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else yeah uh, so i guess uh do you have any questions before we wrap it up the conclusions do you have any questions for me or anything like that i gotta know who your top five villains okay top five villains um top five i gotta throw in the joker for sure okay. is it cliche i don't know but damn it's a good such a good job especially the animated series mark hamill one i would say mm. my favorite one like it's just crazy i mean i know it's because it's a cartoon and because you can animate it to do whatever you want but the acting on that is just really good and mm. uh, i forget who the batman i think he's like his name's like tim conroy is the the bat the voice for Batman that did it all that time? But back to the villains, um, yeah, Joker, um, the Mark Hamill one is just, mm-hmm. and I really get down with that one. Um, let's see, uh, something wanted me to say Corella Deville in this one, so I yes, love her. Yeah, uh, yeah, Corella for sure. So that's two um, mm-hmm. other villains, other villains. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm going at it. I don't want to leave animation, so I'll stick. Um, I will stick in the end. Oh, Scar, Scar from Lion King. Yes, mm-hmm. I get credit for the freaks. He traumatized a lot of people. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, that's on the Disney realm. Uh, what about like cartoon, Nickelodeon, and stuff like that? Um, uh, villains. Any more villains? 
trying to think of video games too. Um, no, that's kind of lame. I was kind of thinking of the Crash villains, but I think there's some better stuff than that. That's the, Ooh, Neo Cortex. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Him. Um, hmm. man, I gotta get you two more. I can't walk. I can't not fulfill this. <laughs> I'm thinking like other movies, like for some reason, like, I don't know. Yeah, those can count too. Jack Torrance from The Shining definitely comes up, but is he villain or just a killer? I don't know. Uh, that's mm. kind of difficult, like, are, yeah. take on. Um, if we go back to Batman, um, Edward Nigma for sure. Enigma, the Riddler. I dig on the Riddler. Mm. So I'll throw that one. And then... Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Out of respect, because he killed it, I'll do um, the Green Goblin, specifically William uh, William Defoe's Green Goblin. Okay, that one's a okay. Sp- definitely, he sold me on that one all the way through. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll do with that. Sorry, it took me so long to get that. I should have. No, 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 no. You're totally fine. Let's close it up here, uh, Tiffy. Okay. What is the greatest thing that you've learned um, for yourself this year? Uh, that all money is not good money. Yeah. Um, biggest thing I learned. Uh, ther- I know it's a little off topic, but therapy, I definitely highly recommend for anybody. Male, female, young, old. Uh, I am going through therapy, and there's a lot of things I've learned about myself, and there's things that I didn't want to learn about myself, but I had to learn how to bite the bullet and be like, okay, uh, now that I've discovered these are things that I do that I did not realize, how do we fix it? <laughs> so it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process, and I like the discovery of learning these things about myself. I feel like it makes me a little bit more enlightened to things. Yeah. On even how I even interact with my peers, how I interact with my family. Um, and I've learned that I'd rather protect my peace at all costs. Yeah, for sure. Um, no matter who it is, at the end of the day, my health matters, my mindset matters. Um, and I just, if I have to tell people, like, hey, I need a break, then hey, they either they can accept it or don't accept it. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to do what I'm going to need to do. Yeah, gotta to take. Keep, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, I get down with that. You got any uh, last thoughts, shout outs, or uh, even like upcoming shows that you want to tell the Freezing Geeks about? Oh, yeah. So, shout outs for sure. Gotta shout out my sister, Brittany, my niece, Brielle, um, my art club who are in Jersey, Monty, um, and Sketch. Love y'all to death. Oh, uh, where can the Freezing Geeks find you? Okay. So my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all the same names. It is Tiffy Inks, T-I-F-F-Y-I-N-K-S. Um, if you want prints, canvas, wood panels, uh, design work, I also do custom cartoon work as well as anime. I forgot to add that in there. So you if you're looking for those, type, yeah. You're sure, yeah. I do. I, yeah, I have some anime uh, characters that are actually going to be working with on um next month i literally have like a list done all the characters who i want to do and they will be finished for june um so i'm looking forward to that and you can go on my website www.tiffyinks.com t-i-f-f-y-i-n-k-s.com on there you can see my bio where i'm from as well as you can see it's upcoming exhibitions my art resume um i also have my portfolio added on there so you can see like my previous works that i've done not just with paintings but with markers 
um, and digital work too as well. I know a lot of people also prefer knew some of my digital work. I used to do like the album cover renditions of like I did uh, what's name uh, Scooby Doo on the cover of Snoop Dogg's um, yeah. cover magazine. So those are those are nice. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for the day. I hope you have an excellent uh, rest of your evening. Thank you so much thank for joining us, and thank you for putting out the stuff that you do. It's it's definitely eye catching and um, uh, something I have an appreciation for because it thank is. You. I appreciate it. I'm into it. So, um, thank you so much. Have a great evening, and uh, hang back just a second. I'll cut this thing, okay. and uh, um, I'll uh, say say the adiosis to the freaks and geeks. See you guys. Well, freaks and geeks, that's all she wrote. I want to thank our guest for the episode, Tiffy Inks, for giving us an amazing interview, an amazing insight into her creative mind. Definitely go hit her up. I'm going to throw all of the details, all of her details in the show notes, her Instagram handle, her Twitter handle, her YouTube ch- YouTube channel and her personal uh, website. Go show her some love. Go pick up a piece of art. Go throw her a like on IG. Go throw her a, a, a subscribe on uh, um, subscribe to her channel on YouTube. Just really check her out. You're bound to find something that you appreciate. You're bound to find something, a creation of hers that uh, sparks a memory of, of past for you. So um, she's got some clean lines and she's got some uh, um, just good color palette that she's uh, using to explain express herself so again tiffy thank you very much for checking in on the show and uh go show her some love freaks and geeks that's another one episode that's it all right we're gonna carry on in next week we've got another guest coming in another episode planned so uh um be sure to continue to follow. Be sure to continue to subscribe, all right? Download these episodes. Let's get this download count up. Uh, share the podcast with uh, with friends. Share the podcast with people that you know. And hit us up on the podcast hotline. That's right. That's right, Freaks and Geeks. The podcast hotline. Drop us a question that you want answered on the show. can be any topic, something you're dealing with, something you're going through, something, uh, just some insight that you might want the 512 Foot Doctor or or guest of the podcast to uh, um, to answer for you. It just give you a little, uh, uh, an, give you what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, a second opinion. Okay, hit us up five one two five two two three eight one four and leave your questions after the beep. And remember, the Doctor's Orders podcast is a Life or Death Studios production. Have an excellent day, freaks and geeks. Keep your motherfucking heads up and keep your feet moving forward. We'll see you on the next one. Don't be late.